It is. There Pokemon, are. Yes. Po- listen, Pokemon does a good job of keeping things realistic as possible. That's why they made an ice cream Pokemon. When did they stop naming towns after colors? And the Sandcastle one. Yeah. The Sandcastle um, one. Key Car Keys one was probably the best Pokemon. I mean, there's only so many colors, but I'm still waiting for like a Tickle Me Pink Town or... I would love that. What was it? I mean, we're Burned all of them in gold. Oh, oh, Roman's getting tired. I don't know what this is. Roman's getting says. tired. Sorry, well, Roman. You got, you Roman got three, I, you Roman got three 90s like, kids on your hands. What are you going to do? Insults you to your face and just starts closing his eyes. He doesn't give a fuck about your feelings. <laughs> See, Roman. No, that, was, I was, that was a perplexed the response. That the, was perplexed. Energy reciprocity is key in a podcast. <laughs> you got a yes and with me. Come on, baby. To a perfectly acceptable podcast episode 71 from Bellingham, Washington, where every Tuesday we go get a whole bunch of comic books. We clearly also play a lot of Pokemon based on the last 10 minutes of conversation we've had. You're my boy, Snorlax. (laughs) Deli Bird. Um, Yeah, no, uh, we get a bunch of comic books and we bring them here. We count them and pull them and get real excited. And then we uh, go home and read as many of them as we possibly can, which isn't always all of them. And we come back on Wednesday and work all day and then celebrate by coming up to this special silent room and we fill it with love and laughter and joy and comic book conversation um it it is it is worth mentioning that there are spoilers in books (laughs) and we are we are recording this podcast several days later again than we would normally record a podcast so it's sunday behind the curtain you guys i'm sorry so we've got some distance between our wednesday routine Mm -hmm. but we're here I'm Jeff, and man, if I were a Pokemon, I would absolutely be Delibird. Mm. I'm Trevor. I would definitely be Snorlax. Mm. I'm Roman, and I would be uh, Fritz and Keimer. Uh, good one, good one. I'm, I'm Brayden, and I would be Voltorb. <laughs> you definitely would, you, you sparkly, sparkly, shocking man. Mm-hmm. What are we going to be talking about this week, Jeff? Oh, thank you. We're going to be talking about <laughs> Trifix number one. We're talking about Mira, Queen of Atlantis, number good cover, one. Good cover, good <laughs> cover. Never in the order that we say. Uh, we'll also be talking about Lockjaw, number one. Uh, Doom Patrol, JLA, number one, Milk Wars, part five. Labyrinth, number one. Detective Comics, <laughs> 975. Saga, number 49. <laughs> good cover, good cover. What else, what else? What else? Uh, just to reiterate, Mira, Queen of Atlantis, <laughs> number one. And Thanos number oh Thanos fuck. number sixteen. <laughs> Listen, if no one is gonna take this seriously, I'm gonna pack my shit up and I'm gonna go home. You don't have to take it seriously. You just back edited it so it sounds like we take it seriously. Oh, okay, sorry, that was a very smooth, smooth intro. I'm pretty wild right now. Listen, we're also gonna be talking about the Oscars. Because it's Oscars night. <laughs> it is Oscars right now. So I wonder if oh, we yeah. could be also at the same time live tweeting the Oscars. Oh, we could. While we are yeah. I, he- I heard that guy won Best Actor. Yeah, Roman. Also, Saga 49. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The Beast yes. number one. Who's your favorite Oscar? My favorite Oscar? Mm-hmm. Probably Oscar Madison. Okay. Yeah. I'm more of a grouch guy myself. Yeah, well, he's pretty nice. I'm into The Godfather myself. Ah, I didn't know there was an Oscar Godfather. Yeah, is there an Oscar in The Godfather? Um, Man, I'm so behind on my movie watch. Sounds like you need to 
be a better person. I well, do. I, we do. Were, I saw Black Panther, and oh. it was terrific. I was gonna say if we were doing Oscars for most terrific, <laughs> if we were doing Oscars for most terrific Listen. comic, who would it, what would it be? Uh, it the would be terrific. the Terrifics number one, which already had a pretty perfect segue there, Trevor. Sorry, <laughs> I was fighting for it. Welcome to the podcast, buddy. A couple. Welcome to the podcast, back. everybody. A couple um, terrific segues. Django might just barge into this room at any point tonight. None of we, us really know. We certainly like does, barred the door sad. as much as we can no, and Trevor, set up traps, but. That has been not known to stop him. All before. of mine are based on Home Alone. So, oh well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if he's seen that movie, I'm screwed. If you're gonna use traps, you learn from the best. What do you do so, when you're? What do you do when you're that kid and you become older? Like, what what career path do you go down? Uh, I really want to know what happened to the kids section. from Three Ninjas. Oh, oh they became ninjas. adult ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> the one. Okay, you guys. Terrifics. We've spun our wheels long enough. All right. Okay. They're spinning. Terrific wheel spinners. Roman, this book is in here because of you. We all read me. this because of you. Oh, you read it because it's, it's read it. these yeah. perfect characters. It's I've been waiting for this for months. Every single character in this was perfect. Can I, can and I, by really? that I mean the only character I thought was perfect was Plastic Man because yeah. I don't really know the rest or any of them. Should we? Should we say? Wait, who's the creative? Yeah, Where's oh, the creative you know, team Ivan Reese and Jeff Lemire and Joe Prado. Yeah. Oh God, I love this art. It's yeah. nice to see his art on a team book again. It's good. You know, I did not like the art Uh-oh. until it got the Plastic Man. And I, then I agree. Loved it. Yeah. yeah, there was a big art shift with the uh, with him. Um, shall we set this up? Give it to me, Roman. Yeah. What happens? Starts off at uh, Simon Stegg's seaside observatory house, whatever labs. Java, who's Stegg's in the, in the old non-PC days, they call him a manservant, like Wong, but. Whatever they call him, was his personal assistant. Are you saying we don't call people manservant anymore because it's well, we do here not in the politically, store. But, okay. you know, out in the right in the wider world, it's not accepted. Sure, the wider world. Oh my god, jeez, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, 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 Java, who's a Neanderthal, he's a Java man. Go oh, wow, and I forget his Jesus, really. <laughs> You're taking this PC to... <laughs> thing real far. Just call him Java. He's Java. <laughs> but but what I don't understand of this is he's intelligent. In the old days, Jesus Roman. <laughs> no, in the old days, he was never intelligent because he's a caveman. Okay, you got to move along because we're going to get in trouble for this one. Okay, we're okay. Get a lot so of, so we already get the, a lot of tweets. They're at that place. Mister Terrific shows up. Ask him what Stag is up to. Simon Stag is a billionaire jerk, um, conservative type, but he's also a scientist. He's messing around with rea- time and reality, trying to open up a portal into the um, the dark. Yeah, the, the right? dark metal universe. The I want, I want to call it the underneath. That's those not what those it's negative universes. Yeah, yeah dark yeah. universe. Yeah, those, dark universe. Bad universe. Yeah, he's trying to open up a portal into that, even though you know he should know better. But you know he's Simon Stegg. He doesn't care about consequences. That's not fair play. I don't know. Simon it's Stegg. not fair play. And and he's got Metamorpho str- strapped into these machines over the portal because somehow more Metamorpho is 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 integral to opening it up yeah like somehow he can like alter his composition to like help open the portal but yeah once again why would you agree to doing that yeah and, and that's not quite explained unless he just tricked metamorpho into it somehow and metamorpho has a thing a long-standing thing for simon's daughter and so simon, simon hates that whoa like a honeypot situation yeah yeah um <laughs> uh mr terrific shows up he says the only way to shut down the portal is to use the this big old egg that's colored like Plastic Man because it is Plastic Man, who's been in this dormant state since, geez, before metal. So yeah. he sure, yeah, <laughs> since sure. Batman made him do something. It was a year ago, or a year ago before metal started. It sounded like, and he's just been in an egg ever since. 
I guess so, yeah. And I was I was needing Roman to know what that was. Roman, why is he in this egg? I, I just found this. Well, luckily, Mr. Terrific explains it for us. Yeah. Um, I think. I'll just read it. Batman knew that your unique molecular structure had a superconductive reaction to the energies of the dark universe. He tried to send you in as a probe, but when you came out, you froze up into a dormant state. And, so, then, and then making contact with Stag's portal reversed the process and woke Plastic Man up. So Plastic Man's back. He is. In the DC Universe. So in excited. full force, full action, with perhaps a new costume. Yeah, he's, he, instead of like a Speedo, he's got, he's got some jammers on now. Yeah. Which I kind of like, but also know. didn't like that. It, it took all the way to the Terrifics issue for Plastic Man to come out of that egg. Just confirms even issue number six of Metal is not even going to have him come out of that egg. Nope. Yeah, they, it's they fly around, they fight Galactus Corpse yeah. out of that Galactus Corpse, whatever, and then get to the point that end, they find the thing from Tom Strong. Yeah, there's, there was the distress signal they were looking for. and They also met their fourth companion, too. Uh, Who is is she new? Phantom Girl. Well, so Roman, you should you should back me up on this one because <laughs> apparently there's been some very iterations of her. So she's from the Legion of Superheroes, like the 31st century version of Justice League, from like a different planet called Bizgul or whatever. And she that's like her. They all have the power to be like ghost people or whatever. Okay. But this one is new. She's new. Maybe because yeah, when they tell she tells them her name, it's jeez, it's. L- Linia Wazo, which I could have swore the old one was Tinia yeah. Wazo. <laughs> so maybe it's her sister. I don't know. Yeah, she's kind of popped up, and yeah, she can't she can't become tangible. Um, Metamorpho has to stay in a specific structure, kind of thing. Plastic Man's Plastic Man. Yeah, so I'm. Yeah, they didn't really explain too much about her. She just kind of is there and didn't really say what's going on. Yeah, and, and and there is, like, some weird negative universe that they've made it to. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, that is the dark multiverse. That was everything yeah. that Metal was trying to pull people down into. And where, I guess, Hawkman went and everything in the Metal tie-ins and Batman and Superman went. Um, this, is just, this is just one of those universes. Hmm. Yeah, I'm really curious who this... That double page spread of that yeah. Galactus looking thing. What yeah, this, that looks celestial, sweet. whatever he is. That uh, that that double page spread was uh, quite fun to look at. I wasn't much a fan of like the rest of the art in this book, but except like every time Plastic, Plastic Man, Man showed up, something. I was very very amused. Every panel that he was in. Yeah, all of his expressions are great. When they first um, get into the dark universe, and Plastic Man wakes up, just his waking expression, and then he grabs Metamorpho, Mister Terrific. And swallows them to protect them inside mm-hmm. himself. And that panel, when they're inside him, and Plastic Man pops up, formed out of his own tongue, mm-hmm. yep. and it forms his head so he can talk to them out of his own tongue inside his own mouth. And his teeth are in the background. It's, oh, it's great. That was an awesome panel. <laughs> yeah. I've uh, never really been very familiar with Plastic Man, but I've always kind of been aware of him in the background as this weird concept of a crazy, stretchy guy who's not Reed Richards. <laughs> I've been kind of amused by that, and so this was this was a fun kind of introduction for me to him. Yeah, same here. I didn't know anything about him, and I think it was you, or it was Django, that told me that he, even like Batman and Superman, were afraid of him because of like the potential of how strong he could be in like Dark Knight, and that got me super mm. interested, which led to Wikipedia read after Wikipedia read mm. to looking at 
$50 pop figures and oh, subscribing to no. Terrifics. No, no, no. Subscribing to Terrifics right away. I haven't bought it, okay. but it, it teases me on a daily basis. Don't I go. watch it. Don't go. Okay, nope. you guys, I give this book a six. Seven. I couldn't I couldn't make myself really care about any of the stuff in there. Yeah. I I cared just a just a little bit, like just barely enough to yeah. kind of like I'll read the second issue. It wasn't bad at all. Just yeah. Yeah. Classic man. Drop the ten, Roman. Should I? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it I'll give it a nine so far. Maybe a nine point two. I mean I love Metamorpho's facial expressions. He's so oh, one of the things I love about this Metamorpho does not like Plastic Man. There's some kind of tension there. Maybe because they're both stretchy guys. I don't know. But that's new. Because before, they've either haven't known each other, or I still have a 75 from when I was a kid that's a Metamorpho and Plastic Man record mm-hmm. with the two of them all entwined on the cover, and they fight the moment or something like that. Yeah, I'll definitely be reading cool. this. I, I, I like this a lot. Uh, I'm going to go with an 8.5. I liked the characters. I'm, happy. I'm super excited about Plastic Man and Metamorpho. Um, I felt like those and then Mr. Terrific, they were all kind of more fleshed out than this all of a sudden reveal of Phantom Girl, but I'm excited about her. Um, I really like the art and the facial expressions. I'm just excited to see where it goes. It's nice to have a Fantastic Four comic again. Lockjaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then who's the girl? Yes, yes. Lockjaw number one by Ben Kibblesmith. Is <laughs> that right? Dan Kibblesmith. Is that ben really his last name? He's, he's writing Lockjaw. I mean, he's, cred- he's he's done other work before Lockjaw. Has he? Yeah. <laughs> Penciler by Carlos Villa, inker Roberto Poggi. You guys, it's Lockjaw. It's a comic about Lockjaw. Well, who's a good boy? He's a magnificent <laughs> beast. I was pretty unsure of what I was going to feel about this book as soon as I started it, but then on the second page, it's the most glorious shot of this like. <laughs> Pudged out, <laughs> wonderful dog. Beautiful one pay. Yeah, he's a really, really good dog. <laughs> he's did a really you, good boy. When you read that, did you read it as in your own voices? Who's a good boy? Or did you read it as who's a good boy? I, I had to read it like that. I had to. Start, I mean, like the yeah. the the combination of that phrase with that image of Lockjaw really established that uh, that this whole book need to be read in that voice, or at least um, with that voice in your head. I'm very formal with my dogs. I always ask them if they are indeed a good dog. And they usually reply, bark, bark. And I say, yes, very good. You are, in (laughs) fact, a good dog. Did you miss me? Have you been a good boy while I've been away? (laughs) There's no warmth in Brayden's home at all. Gosh, it's pretty cold. No affection between between man and beast. Um, So Lockjaw, let's see, he's, uh, he's hanging out. And he gets he gets some weird frequencies on his tuning fork. Yeah, he just seems to be a the sort and of a, a silent silent train conductor in this whole thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> scratches and then and then uh, our old pal D Man gets pulled along for the ride. Yeah, what yeah. do we know about D Man? What's talking about D Man? Nothing about D Man. I <laughs> certainly read his Wikipedia page yesterday because I was uh, quite curious. I've seen the I mean, con- I, like his costume that that Wolverine yeah. looking Daredevil thing. I've, I've known about him in the in the background for ages, but I've never known anything yeah. about him. What sort of clever I, I, story does he have? I, I had to read his Wikipedia page today to refresh myself. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a character who first showed up and maybe, well, in the thing. He was he was part of Marvel, had this unlimited unlimited class wrestling federation. That D-Man was a wrestler in there. The thing joined it after he like went on walkabout from the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. He became a wrestler mm-hmm. before he went to the Beyonders planet. Um, 
And Demon, and they, they even said on the Wikipedia page that his costume was intentionally designed to be based on Daredevil's yeah. first costume and Wolverine's cow, but it didn't say was that yeah, in story it was designed or just the artist thought that would look yeah, cool. Yeah, it was it was it was weird and I'm I'm really curious if he designed it that way intentionally or <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of heroes just running out. Originality's going to like run dry. Yeah. Exactly. At some point we just need people out there doing good. It doesn't yeah. matter the costume. Yeah. Poor guy. I like him. I agree. Yeah, he's a, he's a sad sack. He's a sad sack. But he's got lockjaw here. He's buddies with Captain America and the thing. I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, it used to be. I bet they don't call anymore. I bet, but they're good guys. They would, they would step Steve's up. Steve's not as great as you think. He was actually a Nazi. Well, that was just a misunderstanding, <laughs> as often is. Oh gosh, dude, I just loved, I loved the re- the reveal that he was gay. I just loved her. You're one of those nice, nice gays. Oh gosh. Was the phrase, and I was like, that. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Cute. Yeah. Kind of a. Ignorant old neighbor lady. Exactly, that's exactly a, what it with is. With a lovely dog, who just like you say these offensive, horrible. Th- it's, it's like that, you know, like this. The sadly, like that. You're like, God, you're sweet. If you didn't just say racist things at yeah. dinner, like yeah. that, like what a ridiculous, inappropriate. <laughs> oh, I do love that panel when she's holding this little dog and pulling his face apart. Yeah, and she's like, Oh dear, dear, dear. That is a shame. And you were such nice gays too. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh that's well, that's not a term that you use. You sound, you sound very sweet, but that's not a very sweet <laughs> no, thing to exactly. say. Exactly. Uh yeah. And then yeah. Lockjaw shows up and apparently this old woman's dog might be a relative of Lockjaw's. Yeah. Same litter. Interesting. Descendant, uh cousin, uh target for space hamsters. I don't know, but Lockjaw's on the case. Lockjaw's <laughs> on the case. And that's that's all I need to know. Yeah, and basically they get taken to another dimension at the end, and they show Kazar? Kazar? Kazar. Kazar. Kazar the Savage. And, his, and he is a magnificent beast. He is amazing, and he's got an amazing cat, too. Zabu. And I just totally put that together now. We've got two magnificent beasts, one at the beginning and one at the end. Yeah, but does your cat teleport? <laughs> No, but it's it's a a saber-toothed tiger. Yeah, but it's a big old chunky dog. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I like the kind of look on his face there at the end, too. Yeah, yeah, like, like, what? (laughs) The cat? Yeah, the art in this is great. I mean, just... It's like a scooby thing. Rats! (laughs) It's so so great to have an artist that can convey... Like, when they fall through the... This teleportation thing and the way Lockjaw's looking at D-Man, who's D-Man's freaking out. Lockjaw's looking at him like, "Geez, knock it off." Yeah. <laughs> um, I I give it uh, a, an eight. I thought it was a joy to be a part of, and uh, eight good boys. It was eight good boys. Mm. You're a good puppy, Lockjaw. I I don't have like a a real deep appreciation for it other than it just made me happy. I liked D-Man <laughs> even though he was a little depressing, and mm-hmm. somehow the art and the wording was ma- able to convey like this weird sense of ownership about a big dog, like, within the reader. Like, I just, you know, like that phrase over and over again, you sort of just feel like you're touching this big, chunky dog, and he's yours. And he's, he's, he's like, he's Marvel, he's the Marvel's universe's, like, dog. dog. Like, that's our dog. That's yeah. our that's yeah. our boy yeah. for yeah. this universe, and I love him. Eight good boys. Uh, I, I would give it eight paws up as well. Oh. Um, it's, uh, it's a bash. Eight big paws up. I I love uh, D Man's shirt as well that just says D. Exclamation <laughs> yeah, I like that it's got the exclamation mark on it now. <laughs> and Lockjaw, he's great. I love it. <laughs> I want to read more. It's only four issues, but 
Oh, it's only four issues? I was hoping this was an yeah. ongoing. Oh, I'm sure we're going to get a, a D-Man series or something. Oh, we need yeah. something that's in humans that's ongoing. We're going to misinterpret the positive sales for, like, D-Man or oh, something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's Donny coming Cates back. will be writing. Oh, no. The D-Man, D-Man. himself. <laughs> oh, I love how there's these hamsters in their little little spacecraft, and Lockjaw jumps up and grabs one just like a Frisbee and just hurls it to the end of the Yeah, yeah, ones. that was awesome. <laughs> so gay. Oh, who deserves a good score? Who deserves a good score? You do. I'll give it. I'll give it. I'll give it nine. <laughs> Roman had a good uh, week. I'll give it nine and a half. Whoa! <laughs> good nine, boy. Nine and a half uh, uh, inhuman doggy doggy tuning fork things. Mm, yeah. Antenna. T. Roddy. I'll give it a seven and a half. I really like the art. Seven and a half slobbery dog kisses. <laughs> Are you a cat guy or a da- dog guy? I'm both. Me too. I, I can't. You're a cat dog guy. Oh. I've, I've had cats growing up, but I've really wanted dogs. Dogs are great. So. That was me, and then I got a dog, and then I became an adult and wanted a cat again. So now I just have a cat. But I wanted dogs forever. There's benefits to both. There certainly are. Now yeah. I want a dog again. I want both yeah, in I my know. house. I want to cuddle all. with a big lockjaw. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. You guys... Lockjaw. Lockjaw. He, he drinks milk. In the comic? Go, yeah, yeah, give me a segue. Give me a segue. Pop it up here. Lockjaw is our favorite dog, and he likes to drink milk. It's a good thing he's not in a milk war. That's not a haiku. <laughs> <laughs> we need haiku segues from We're, now on. Oh, they have to be haikus? Now? No, I just thought of that, but that would be a real new level of difficulty. <laughs> oh, gosh. We'll, we'll do it next time. Steve Orlando, Gerard Wade, <laughs> Dale Eaglesham, Nick Darrington, and Tamara Bond-Villain. Bond-Villain. Wow. Are our credits for this here issue, the final chapter of The Milk Wars... I, this book was not quite as shockingly pretty as the first issue. So this was, was Milk Wars technically two issues? And then it was the, also had three, like, tie-ins. In the end of the first issue, it's said I mean, to be concluded that, in this one. That's how I felt. Yeah, it was, because the first one was Justice League America, Doom Patrol. And now this one is Doom Patrol, Justice League America. Mm. Spoilers, I loved it and texted Justin after reading it that he needed to read it. But I told him he probably only needed to read issue one and five. Yeah. 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 Um, the rest were cool and had some cool bits. I think the Cave Carson Swamp Thing one was particularly good. That okay. one was cool. And, and the Wonder Woman maybe one. Maybe the most tied into what was going on with the storyline. But yeah. I thought they were all interesting in their own different ways. Uh, yeah. But this one, this wraps it all up. It's a... Uh, all the all the heroes realize they've been milk manipulated, uh, except for Milkman Man, and they're trying to well, convince Man, him. And Milkman him. Man knows he's being manipulated. He's yeah. aware of it, but he's that's all he knows. They've he just says. yeah, because he's not he's not like Superman mm-hmm. brainwashed. He's was created. Yeah, he was. Whereas um, the other ones were all like these actual characters. Yeah, he's in Doom Patrol. He is the kid of Casey. Brink and then the Terry Nunn. Yeah, Terry Nunn, and yeah, because that was like how the last issue ended. Is was they were about to have a baby, and then jumps jumps right into this, and they're like, "This is the baby." Mm-hmm. That's so some, weird. That's some heavy Superman milk right there. Yeah, sure. It there's just there was a ton, ton, ton of little cool tiny bits that all implied a lot of bigger stuff, like the final weapon to like undo all of reality or restart things mm-hmm. was like a Kirby gun because it was going to like make it better. It yeah. was like a, to instill new ideas into a thing. Like mm. there were all these 
Kirby references. There's this page that's like weird sepia tone and it's got the multiverse map on it and somebody's got coffee sitting there. Like They basically restart the whole young animal universe. Yeah. And I think that this worked really well to do that. I Cynically, I think that like their sales have probably slumped a bit. And so they did this to instill some some new things in the books. Like, I heard a lot of complaints during the uh, Mother Panic run that like she shouldn't have been in Gotham. Like, we didn't really want to see her interact with Batman. Um, and so basically, they're putting her in a Gotham now that doesn't have got like Batman, or it's a parallel Gotham in the future. It's like oh. it's AD. It's like, it's like a future one. Yeah. And and they're putting you know Cape Carson in space and aging up Shade the Changing Girl. And yeah. I love the way that they introduce this new book that's starting. Is basically oh, yeah. as reality is rebuilding from all these white pages and unused pages because reality basically it's rebooted. They all like the creations from inside story and fiction all bulked up rapidly like a defibrillator. So just like trying to shock somebody back, like a grand mal seizure can cure depression or like in, insane you know, instances of uh, brain dysfunction, like a grand mal seizure can restart things back to high functioning. Yeah. They basically do that with the young animal comic book line with this book by having everybody get instantaneously injected with muscle mystery, which is one of my favorite like Grant Morrison <laughs> mm -hmm. things. Um, and as the panels are being reconstructed, this kind of girl appears out of nowhere and squeezes herself into reconstructing. She panels. showed up in the last issue. Did she? And she's kind of been in the in the backup stories on some okay. of the other ones yeah. too. Yeah. So that's awesome that like that they're just you know she kind of squeezes herself in and she's got one of the new books. Yeah. Um. I think it's a much more interesting way to kind of relaunch your brands than just like slapping <laughs> a new number one on For there and getting sure. the creative team. Yeah. Like this For was sure. good on them. It was a cool way to do it. The thing that I. That that finally got me to the part where I realized Rita Far who Rita Far was was um, it was like halfway through when it shows like the flashbacks of her I was like oh it's a last girl but this like Jesus reference mm -hmm. like crucifixion Rita Far superstar was, that's yeah. <laughs> so crazy that's and... what that that's what they yeah go over in the last issue and... okay so <laughs> I, I was gonna ask for Roman to talk about that but it sounds like maybe it was a pretty big part of the last issue because I was like I don't get this Rita Far yeah not a, not a huge part but yeah she's been they kind of started to build that up last issue. You just seem like a guy who's got some feelings about Rita Forrest. You've brought it up several times in the last two weeks. Well, I, don't, I, I think Braden's got more of a line on the whole resurrection, Jesus symbiology here. Because I didn't get that. I just know her as one of the original Doom Patrol. Mm. I think it's cool the way they've been working her in slightly. I mean, uh, I, lo I love the fact that she's crucified with DC. It's it's the DC logo from when okay. the original <laughs> Doom Patrol was around. Okay, 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 okay. So now you've just caused me to have an idea. Oh, yeah. So Rita Farr was being written. She had died in the original Doom Patrol and then had been brought back when John Byrne rebooted the Doom Patrol. Yeah, because they had all died. Right. But she was brought back during that reboot, but then they retconned her reboot for Infinite Crisis and actually said that she was brought back because of Superboy punching reality. Oh. So she exists kind of as a character who has died and been brought back through like extra meditative or extra like meta narrative mechanics. So like, are they maybe using some comparison of her being like Jesus dying for our sins because she's a person yes. who's existed outside of story and been retconned and relaunched mm. things I before? Bet that's absolutely, what they were thinking. Okay, that. okay, that seems like you're more confident than I think anybody well, should be. Well, I mean, be. that sounds very spot on based okay. on this and what, mm -hmm. how she's been Hats portrayed. off, Jeffrey, hats off. That was good. You know who would have been great at uh, 
playing off of that is someone that should have called earlier today named Colton Dion. He was supposed to call. Who was? Trying to get voicemails from our listeners, guys. I know. This is supposed to be a symbiotic relationship. Call us, please. Please. Our Uh, phone number here is 1-619-663-7336. I don't even know my girlfriend's phone number, (laughs) and I know this number from repeating it so many times. So please, please call in. We've been up here for days. We've been up here for days. <laughs> Roman established a pea corner minutes in, and it just smells to high heaven. Jeff this, won't let us leave till we get a voice. Oh, you got to work donuts. harder. <laughs> this, yeah, this Rita Farr, like, side story thing all the way at the end, I loved the buildup to her talking about her powers, like, shrinking, expanding at will, and then realizing that she could, ex- like, stretch her consciousness. Yeah. Expand it. And then just became everything, and that's how she got back into the DC Young Animal universe. That was so cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she basically becomes eternity in a way. Yeah. And, then <laughs> and then just sneaks back in, basically. And she's like, oh, I've been here the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I love that, because at the end, she's just staying, and none of the other heroes even blink. They don't even realize she's been <clears throat> gone, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I would give this issue, I'll give this issue a 10. Whoa. This was my this dude has <laughs> dropped like a nine point five, a nine point five, and a ten this week. Man, it has been a good week. I love, I love these shit. comics. That milk's getting to you. But this you was my favorite. Down in it. This was my favorite part of the Milk Wars. Well, well this is number the very first one. I think I give that one a ten also. Maybe. Mm. Maybe I don't know. But yeah, I love this one. Trevor, uh, I would give this issue an eight. This is probably my favorite one. Uh, next to the Wonder Wife issue. The whole run, I'd probably give like a seven. I mean, there was, for me, it was just trying to figure out who a lot of these people were, like over time and like the, like the retcon stuff, like all that. It was just very, very confusing me for the first like read through. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I I liked this one a lot and I liked how they were bringing these characters in and like Jeff said, like revitalizing Young Animal and like without slapping, he's like slapping a new number on it, just bringing it to a new story in a new way without changing anything was really cool. I feel like they really should have just bit the bullet and paid Frank quietly for five covers instead of three and then these <laughs> last two covers. Yeah, yeah I would have yeah. loved if they had two more that matched with the other two. Oh, Who could have been on them, though? Uh, Rita Farr should have been one. Yeah, Rita Farr could have been one. I would have... I would have taken like a staff photo of the Flex uh, Mentallo. Flex Mentallo oh. would have been a good one, but I guess none of them were like clear Justice League right. milk ones. But. Maybe there's a secret cover where if you combine, put all the covers together, it turns out Rita Farr is like holding this cup of milk. Oh. Well, on the on the trade, I think it's got all three of them in the it air does. together. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. That's cool. I like I that. I want it as a poster. Man. Um. I won't spoil it, but huge developments for Robot Robot Man in this too. Oh yeah, yeah. That, oh. that surprised me. That I don't know how made I feel me about feel that. weird, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I guess, you know, it just, all of it felt so much like what the Doom Patrol is supposed to be. Like, it was yeah. all so weird mm-hmm. and, and silly, yeah. Um, but, but also telling serious stories with silly ideas. Um, okay, you guys, we got to get moving. Let's right? do it. Did you? Eight. Okay. All right, Brayden? Labyrinth? Yeah. Coronation. Am I the only one who read this? Yeah, let's not get lost on our way to this book. Oh, gosh. Oh, goodness. Oh, gosh. Listen, I don't have a younger <laughs> brother I need to save. Um, <laughs> Labyrinth. Uh, Coronation. Simon Spurrier, uh, Daniel Bayless, Dan Jackson, Jim Campbell. It was uh, kind of the origin of the Goblin King, uh, who was played by Mr. David Bowie in the original Labyrinth movie, 
that James Hansen did, which was very good. It was. You've seen it. Have you seen it, Roman? Mm-hmm. Okay. I have not seen it. You have not seen it. I will go on record as saying I hate Jim Henson. I, I know you do. What? I didn't want to make you say it, but yeah. I'm, glad it's, I'm glad it's out there. Yeah. <laughs> is, is it the puppets or just uh, just Jim's in general? I just don't like Jim's. Yeah, I get it. I don't like Jim's. I don't like uh, I don't like the people in the 70s that really succeeded after doing all those drugs, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He really made it work, yeah. and I'm jealous. I got cut up in the acid and then oh. went down to Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> Sort of spent another 15, 20 years there longer than I should have. Not the bats, man. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, uh, it's about um, this Victorian England or some, some European country. I'm not sure which. Where this, this duke is being kind of uh, harangued by these goblins who are trying to get him to like be their king or get his son to be their king. I'm still a little confused. I think his son is supposed to be Jareth, though, in the... In the movie, uh, but they're they're uh, they're shown really cool because they're like all in the backgrounds on the sides of these panels, like whispering to him and telling him to just make the wish, just like they do in the movie with the girl, which was really cool. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. It was kind of like dark and interesting, which are like some of the fun, like cooler aspects about Labyrinth. Like it's a it's a fun like silly movie, but it's also got some like some dark stuff going on. And it's, it was. It's fun to explore that. It's fun to explore its character. Um, it looks like it's going to lead with uh, the next, like the rest of the series is going to be this Duke's wife trying to find their son who's been taken to the labyrinth now. Yeah. And I, presumably is being groomed to be the next Goblin King, which is pretty awesome. It was great art, great dialogue, just like a really cool look at the character. Like if you... If you've watched the movie at all, like you'll, I think you'll dig this. Is it a six-issue series or um, twelve? Twelve. Wow. Yeah, it's ten it's, or twelve. It's gonna be gonna be the Labyrinth series for a while. We've got what Dark Crystal series. It's had like a few iterations now. Yeah. Like Jim Henson books are kind of coming back in style, and I like it. Yeah. Well, they. I think Dark Crystal had a big anniversary. They did, and they just showed the <clears throat> trailer the for the did. Netflix series. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, a couple, like a year or and a half or two years ago, they put out some books for an anniversary and they just like started selling like gangbusters. And then like, yeah, we got the Power of the Dark Crystal book started after that one shot sold out like of, of three prints or something. And that mm-hmm. one's almost done. I think we've had 11 issues of 12 out. Mm-hmm. And then this one, this one's just starting up and they were saying it's like time to be with the anniversary of David Bowie's death. Yeah. Right on. <clears throat> it was good. It was, uh, I, I give this, this book an eight out of 10. I think it's. A really great addition to that world, and really? I'm excited to dive into it more. So listen, I don't, <clears throat> I don't, I don't hate Jim. I don't, I don't mind. Jim. You don't hate any Jim because listen, he made the Muppets Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. and damn it, if that's not possibly my favorite holiday movie of oh, all time. Gosh. You guys, behind the scenes, I talked to Django while we were down at the convention. Oh yeah, and I, we talked about doing a Christmas in July week-long sale where we can play Christmas music in the store (laughs) and we'll have Colette put up all the Christmas decorations again and then we'll have a big Christmas dance. Oh my gosh. And it'll be in the middle of the summer since he doesn't let us play Christmas music during Christmas and Christmas is always so stressful. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we could watch Christmas movies. What and kind we could of have a Christmas bargain ball. did you strike? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, think, what did you have to sell? I think that he just what did you knew, sign? <laughs> I think he just knew that I had worked. I had sort of been doing work things through two weekends, and I needed this. And I said, mm-hmm. Django, you got to throw me a bone here. <laughs> what do we do during the summer? And he said nothing. And I said Christmas. And he said done. <laughs> um, and I, I want to do it. I want to have a Christmas ball. I want to wear a gown and drink punch that has smoke coming down the sides of the Ooh, punch bowl and uh, have Christmas lights hanging all around. We can go bobbing for mistletoe. Oh my <laughs> god! We could have mistletoe and we could bob for apples, which is a great <laughs> Christmas or Halloween activity. So I, I like to kill a lot of birds with my stones. So. I've seen you kill a lot of birds. Right? <laughs> You're a guy I've seen kill Thanksgiving. a lot. I will go down on a nugget. <laughs> you will go down on a nugget? Chicken nuggets. Brayden, they're birds. Each each nugget is its own bird. I know, I know. That's why I only order uh, nuggets in in multiples of six. No, in multiples of four. So that way, I'm taking an entire nucleus family. Uh, I'm taking I'm taking the mommy, the daddy, and both little chickies with uh-huh. it. I mean, that's the best way to eat it. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to take parts of a chicken family so Listen, that I can eat lunch. Nuclear family in this day and age has expanded. So six piece seems like the obvious choice because the grandparents tend You're right. to grandparents You're tend right. to be part of the household. You know what now. I'm really glad they've introduced though is that uh, that classic twenty five piece nugget meal. Oh so my gosh. You can wipe out an entire chicken genetic line we, with that. We, we did two of those a couple months ago. Two of those plus an extra ten piece the sodium was so much, I had nightmares. So yes. We all had nightmares when we had those. Can I, I want to run something by Brayden because I just got to see how he feels about it. So, yes. Brayden, you like nuggets, right? Oh, yes. Okay. I invented a thing. Oh, yeah? And I called it a Nuggy Buddy. Oh. What you do is you go to the store and you get a little baguette, like mini baguettes. Mm-hmm. You cut them in half. You line it with chicken nuggets. You put cheese on it. And then you put sweet and sour sauce on it, which I know you're Whoa. not into, but that's what I dip my nuggets in. Uh-huh. And then you put it in the oven, and you toast it again for just a second so that the cheese melts over the nuggets, and then you eat it like a sandwich. Wow. And it's like a chicken nugget cheese sweet and sour sandwich. I'm so like, absolutely down for all of that except for the sweet and sour sauce and the cheese. Okay. <laughs> and you know what? I could do without the baguette. Have you? Well, I mean, they're, they're already breaded. I could, I could, I'm always down for more bread. Mm-hmm. You guys, we cannot keep beating around the bush. It is time to talk about Detective Comics. By our favorite gym. With the trial Jimmy commence. T.I.V. I was at Emerald City Comic Con this weekend. Did, did you see my boy? <clears throat> I walked right in front of your boy, and I almost, I did not talk to him, but I really wanted to tell him about you. Brayden, I I just whole... wanted to know that someone calls him yeah, by his given I know, name. I know, I know, I and that's what I I did too because I love it. <laughs> I love the nickname. I was there exclusively as an ambassador to you. I oh. ta- I met the creators that you would have wanted to meet, and that was really all I did at Emerald City this year. Perfect. Um, but I flirted around Jimmy Tiv trying to share that story, and I chickened out. Oh yeah. You nugged out. I, I nuggied out. I nuggy buddied out. Um, it, was a, it was a real bummer. But gosh, Jimmy TIV. Detective Comics 975. Did we all read this one? How many of us read this one? I did not I get to this one yet. T Roddy, Hound Doggy in the House didn't read it. I let you um, down. No, you never I let, could. I let you down. No, you're the, doing great. With the rest of the buddy. Bat family. You're doing great. Also by Alvaro Martinez, Raul Fernandez, and Brad Anderson. Braden. Break it down for me. What did you feel about this break book? Down, because down, you're my detective comics guy. This was your book of the year last year. I actually don't think it was, but it was up there. <laughs> I think maybe Jimmy was my writer. I know he was your writer of the year. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Batwoman 
she crossed the line. She did cross the line. She had a gun and she used it. And, and that's specifically a thing the Bat family is not into yes. guns. We don't do guns. It led to a very great panel in the last issue of Batman getting to break a gun on his knee, which he just loves doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love watching him do it. Um, but it's very, very morally ambiguous. Uh, it was... Uh, it was it was a tough decision, and it's uh, Batman's being his very typical hardline, no nonsense stance. Like she's out and stuff, but he's 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 also he's bringing the whole family together to discuss it because they are a family, and she's family, and everybody has a say in this, and it's uh, it's it's emotional and it's rough, and they've all got differing viewpoints. Um, like all the Robins get a get a say. And then Batgirl's there, and she talks, and they're all talking about what, they, what they're what they going to do with, with Batwoman. Is she going to be allowed to keep wearing the bat, keep doing what she's doing? Are we going to, like, what, put her on probation? Like, who, who what, what are we supposed to do here? Well, so I think, first of all, I'm a Bruce apologist. Oh, yeah. All right? I like Bruce Wayne. I like Batman. He did a cool thing by getting everybody together to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Even, right? I mean, he no, could yeah. have yeah, just definitely. not done that. Yeah. He has a tendency yeah. to push people away. So it's yeah. nice to see when like something this big happens, he brings everybody back in. Even Including when... John Paul oh, and yeah. Lucius, Lucius Fox. And Bat- but Bat- they Wayne. were in the issue. They were. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. They, they, they kind of more immediately jumped to Batwoman's side. Yeah. But there. people kind of jumped down Bruce's throat. And I was sort of like, you guys, at least you're here. We're talking about this. Like, you don't need to be a jerk to Batman. He's not necessarily saying fuck fuck, you know, Kathy, like this is uh, but also it was sort of used as a way of venting some frustrations with Bruce. So I think this was a really really well-written issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that this really balanced everybody's personalities in a very intelligent way and it was very tense and it made me frustrated in a way that I was sort of identifying with people and I had a dog in the fight and I was feeling things based on what other people were saying and, and that is a really, really awesome thing that a comic can do. So mm-hmm. I do want to say, Braden, I'm super glad that you got me to start reading this book again. But what I will also say is that I'm going to be a hard butt about it mm-hmm. and I would like to see a higher caliber artist on this book because I think that Jimmy TIV really has over the last four years, risen through the ranks of writers. And I think that this is a very well-written story, and I would love it. Uh, I would love it if it had some nicer art. Like, an, I, it doesn't necessarily feel like a story to me that they're planning on being like, yeah, we're going to get that in a nice hardcover to sell for a long time. Yeah, it's it definitely feels like a, a double-shipping title that they're kind of scrambling to find artists for every yeah, time. Which... And, and I think that in, a, in an industry that is really trying to make sense of how to publish graphic novels, because it's really only been in the last 10 years that we've become an industry that does as many graphic novel sales as it does. Mm-hmm. Like, the comics place five years ago hardly had any graphic novels, you know, yeah. and now it's a huge portion of our inventory. So um, it's hard to find a way to produce graphic novels through ongoing series, but have them maintain like evergreen like a thing that you would want to always have and go back to and i think this story exists as something that could be like that but the art itself um 
you know, it's not like Hush, which was like Jim Lee or like yeah. any Batman book with and Frank like, Whiteley. Even this art, uh, at least me personally, like I, I thought the art was fine, but it's also not consistent with what the rest of the book has been. Yeah, it's... I just, I think that the writing is a lot better than fine. Yeah, and I also think is... the art, art is fine. Like, and I, I would just love to see. I would love to see it be great, mm -hmm. you know, as we would just all love to see things be great. And it's just tough when you see one half of a thing great and then another half fine. But I, I think that they could elevate it a little bit. Yeah. The the writing for this series has been great enough for me that I, I tend to overlook the art because mm -hmm. I'm just getting wrapped up in these characters. But it's a very valid point and kind of a weird issue that this series has had like there's a lot of flashbacks between uh bruce and kate when they were kids after like both losing uh parents and them kind of dealing with that and like kate at one point talks about how much she would really like to kill the people who killed her parent her mom and like you can tell like bruce obviously like felt the same way but didn't quite vocalize it as much as she did in this and it's like they're both very driven and both very driven by similar things, but they've taken like just slightly different directions, which I think is really interesting. And I think this book kind of highlights that dichotomy really well. Yeah, I totally agree. I love the speeches that Jason Todd and Barbara Gordon give. Yeah. Mostly Jason Todd's for where he says, I'm not stupid enough to try and make a sincere argument about killing people who deserve it in the Batcave. I still have enough respect for this place. Mm -hmm. uh, that was pretty cool. I like both of theirs and how Barbara Gordon is just pretty much saying like the only person that can really judge her or uh, Batwoman is Batwoman. She's mm -hmm. not even there. They're right. still discussing it. And I think that was a really cool thing to do. Like, yeah, this, this yeah. is very interesting. Like topic because yeah, Bruce, everybody has to play by Bruce's rules and he's, I mean, throughout all the readings I've done of Batman, yeah, he's got this very hard line and which besides Jason Todd, I mean, nobody's crossed that and it's, pretty severe when you do kind of thing so this is one of the first instances where i've seen a moment where somebody has excluding jason todd because um, he wasn't like because batwoman wasn't a robin so i feel like there's like some kind of like favoritism in that yeah. for mm -hmm. him for jason todd and like forgiveness but for this is like so fresh and so now i feel like batman like after the jason todd thing would have doubled down on this rule so now it's more severe i just have such a firm like man i've <clears throat> I get, like, I, I support Bruce. Like, I'm going to give you a lot. I'm going to ask that you don't do these, like, two things, you mm -hmm. know? Like, and and you can hang out and party as long as you want. Just don't do these two things, please. And then if you do it, I've got no sympathy for you. I'm just like, we said this. Don't do this. We made these rules. Don't come to the party if you're going to go shoot up in the bathroom. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. That we said don't do that. We're going to call the... Like, it's just... I have, a, I have a real hard time what are, in those what are, situations. What are the two things? Well, I I, I was using that as an example, oh, okay. but Bruce is like, you know, don't kill, don't yeah. use guns. Yeah, you know, there's probably some but other it's, rules. It's and it, but it's interesting too that Barbara points out that to Bruce in front of everybody, she points out this is more about you than mm -hmm. it is about her, and she also points out that Batwoman is his only blood relative, and the rest of them have been part of the team longer, but he treats her, he's treating her differently the here, most distant because and the least least like family. Yeah. Yeah. Or is she, I don't know, or is he treating her more like family than he would have because, like, this person broke the rules and would he have just, like, kicked anybody else out? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But he never actually says he's going to do that, though. Right. I, I mean, I really like that. And, I, and I, mean, who do, I mean, 
Can you say who do you come down with the most on you? For me, it's it's Dick and Barbara. I agree with them the most. Um, because Dick is like, there's a way for her to like Batwoman to still be a part of this. Yeah, and make I agree her way with back. Dick. I felt a little bit like Barbara was point like made it a little bit more pointed at Bruce than I I feel like it necessarily yeah. needed. But that was sort of like what I was saying. Like I. If you, I feel like if you set up rules for a thing at the beginning, like if you want to do things differently, then don't come to this party. Like, go to a different, go do your own thing. Um, you know, like, don't. Yeah, I don't know. Don't get accepted to a party and then show up and then complain about the food that's there. It's like, motherfucker, this is my thing. Like, don't come into my thing and then break my rules. Like, go make your own thing where you can use guns and stuff. I mean, she didn't come with the intention of, like, using guns. I but, agree. Like, and her dad's been, like, pushing her. For sure. Which, Outside forces. For which, sure. you know, but she still she still did the damn thing. Yeah. She did the damn thing for sure, which is why, like, is it more about, I mean, it's about Bruce, but it's also not, I, I don't know. Yeah, because it's, it's such also, a tough thing, because Clayface was a monster out of control. He was killing people and was going to kill maybe hundreds more. Yeah, I think it was an interesting situation because usually you see Batman, like, you know, Mary he confronts, yeah, and he <laughs> confronts the Joker or something, like, after he's already killed a bunch of people and he's like, oh, I should kill you for that. And it's just like, you've already got him. Like, he's good. But this in this situation, like, she had an opportunity to kill him before. I think she did the right him. thing by killing him. Yeah. I just think that the consequences of that are that she should expect to get ostracized by the family. Yeah. And, and an interesting aspect of all this, too, is also, and that just reminded me, that um, how Batwoman observes the way that, that uh, she used to be Batgirl. What's Cassandra's superhero name now? Cassandra Kane? Um, yeah, what's her? Knight, Silent Knight was the ball. Oh, wait. She was Batgirl. Or girl that does Orphan. Yeah. Is it Orphan? Orphan? Yeah. Yeah. Her reaction to Batwoman the last issue, I mean, I mean, she was crying, and she ripped the bat off Batwoman's chest. And in here, Batwoman is telling, I don't know, somebody, that uh, she thinks she did the right thing in the moment, but the look on Cassandra's face was somebody that, like, broke in that moment that moment, and had something broken in her. And, yeah, Cassandra has such an abusive past and everything. Part of her being part of the Bat family is finding and believing that there is ways to do things other than killing somebody Mm-hmm. So since she sees somebody that is a mentor to her do that very thing, and now she's like, "Oh my God, this is there any? Can I can I continue on this path when I just saw one of my people I look up to do the thing I'm trying not to do?" I was like, "Wow, that's 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 some great multi-leveled stuff right there." Yeah, yeah. Orphan got kind of put on the sideline, I think, for good reason in yeah. this issue. But I'm very interested to see where she goes from here i'm excited yeah. to see the like the fallout for all of them since batwing and Azrael are both kind of leaning towards batwoman's side yeah i think that it's like just a real testament to like again like the writing i, I think this is like a this is just i think lessons about being a human that we could all learn and need to learn and he just still didn't yeah. put it in a comic book and it basically is that instance of just sort of like there's not really a right answer here and mm-hmm. like everybody's kind of right and everybody's kind of wrong so ultimately but one thing's for sure it's all shitty <laughs> yeah it, it's all <laughs> shitty and ultimately i think the you know the right way of dealing with this is that like Batwoman's gonna know that she fucked up and fucked up but like we're gonna forgive her and let her back into the family and she will have learned her lesson but also you know Batman needs to be not so proud that he's not just 
offended by the fact that you broke his rules. Like, it, and and all of that is basically you know making messes and then learning to clean them up and not hold grudges for it. And all of that's just like I I like when comic books are a vehicle to just like tell human stories to make people better. And and that doesn't happen as often as it should to me. And I just Jimmy T I V killing it. Did we give scores? Not yet. We haven't. Eight point five for me. Uh, eight point five as well. I think. Uh, it's it's great. It could still be a little better, especially with with the art, or at least more consistent. But yeah, no, this I'm I'm down for this entire ride as long as Jimmy's on it. Yeah, I'll also give it eight point five. Bat Redemptions. Oh, I was gonna give it an eight, but uh, I saw something in here that bumped it up to a nine, and that oh. is the bat suit from Super Heavy in yeah. fifty two. Uh, Good to know that that was still canonical, so nine so for me. Nine cc's of Jimmy T intravenously. Ooh. Oh, man, I forgot. And wow. they brought back the, the gorilla mob boss. Yeah. yeah the Silver Age. Uh, let me spell it out for you. <laughs> okay, listen. Trevor, you're here. Yo. Which means that we added a book to the rotation that wasn't originally going to be here. A book that's been long, long, long You awaited. take the reins on this one, buddy. I'm going to be talking about Mira. Queen and Roman too. You read it. And, I read it. And Brayden. Yeah, and Brayden. We're all I, in I on this. One, Honestly, don't don't leave me alone with this. This, so, this sorry, is too much. This is too you're much driving, for one, one boy to handle. So like, like we're gonna leave you adrift in the ocean. Oh, oh my goodness. Good segue-ish thing. Save me, Atlanteans. So it's a six-issue <laughs> miniseries. Um, let me tell you who's on this. Dan Abnett, who's doing the current Aquaman run, is the writer. Lan Medna pencils. Richard Friend inks. Veronica. Gaudini colors and Simon Bolin lettering. Um, yeah, it's a six-issue miniseries. It's the first that Mira's ever had, I believe. And I, when I saw this announced months and months ago, I couldn't have been more excited. This, I mean, I can't call, I can't consider Aquaman on his own without Mira. I feel like it's like they're a package deal, or Mira could just stand alone on her own, <laughs> which they proved when she showed up in Justice League. Because I mean, she's just so so good uh basically this is taking place out of the current run where um she is kind of weakened by some curse magic and she can't swim in her she can't breathe underwater she's kind of stuck on land recovering sort of like when namor lost his uh foot wings yeah in the 90s <laughs> so but even though she's on land recovering kind of you know taking some re- leave of absence she got named queen of atlantis so arthur arthur curry aquaman stepped down and People were like, let's have Mira be queen. Um, so she's on the surface trying to recover. Her powers are all weakened, and she's just trying She's just trying to fight off people trying to assassinate her. Yeah, because there's, there's some political unrest going on in Atlantis, right? Someone's gunning for the throne? Yeah, so yeah. they're sending out assassins. Isn't that guy Wrath still? Wrath, yeah, and he's all messed up because they're using old Atlantean dark magic that's just put a big bubble over Atlantis so nobody can get in. Um, it's Build a wall. They built a wall, <laughs> a thorny wall. Um, so yeah, Mir's bubble wall ever. <laughs> so Mir's trying to settle things on the surface to get everything ready for Atlantis going back to, you know, being a peaceful place and try to get back into the works of cooperating with everybody. But in this issue too, we also get a return of yeah, who's this dude? The one, the only, Orm, the mm-hmm. Ocean Master. 
Um, this is Aquaman's brother, yep. who in New Fifty Two, yeah, he had a brother. In New Fifty Two, he was king of Atlantis and and master of the ocean. Master of the ocean, yep. yeah. I love Ocean Master. I like how I they. I like how this Orm character picks up after New Fifty Two, also because at the end of that run, he ends up uh, kind of having a surface life with a lady and her kid, and I like how they kept that in here. Is he's been enjoying a life with these two. Mm, cool. Yeah. See, I didn't know anything about that. This, yeah, that was all new to me here. I like that. I also like you. He still talks very Atlantean and royal and stuff. So, yeah. So at the end of this issue, Mira is trying to figure out how to deal with uh, all the conflict that's going down with the civil war in Atlantis while being stuck on the surface. And during this time, Orm um, sees on television that Mira has been named Queen of Atlantis and decides it's time to go. Time to go, who knows what he's going to do kind of thing. Time to ditch his, his ding-dong surface family and yeah. get back to the, the place he's mastered. Get back to that H2O. Yeah. Shouldn't have called him, should, this kid shouldn't have called him dad. Yeah. He got out <laughs> quick. Yeah, yeah, out he, had spent, he had spent too much time being a student on land and he needed yeah. to go back to where he was a master. As soon as someone calls you dad on land, you know it's time to get back. Absolutely. In Listen, as, as a bunch of people with daddy issues, I think we oh, can yeah. all relate to oh, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man. I really wish that we had named the podcast Daddy Issues. Oh, goodness. <laughs> like that one Demi Lovato oh, song. God. No Demi. Oh. <laughs> All I, I mean, I can't say enough about how much I've enjoyed Dan, Dan Abnett's run of Aquaman. And, yeah, all the like, all the political stuff in it has been super amazing. And Jeff, it was you that got me into reading Aquaman. And, and you have read far more than me now. I've read so many. I've built a, I've built a wall. I've built a shrine. <laughs> I'm oh sorry. Gosh. So good. And this, I mean, this issue, you can pick it up, and you don't really need to have read all of Aquaman's run. You can pick this up on its own, and it yeah. stands on its own. I didn't but, feel like I needed to. Yeah, but it, and it's t- it does everything that Aquaman's doing, talking about politics and these, you know, the um, xenophobia and the fear of the surface of Atlanteans and Atlanteans' fear of the surface it's so well done and i'm excited to see how mira who didn't even want this position of queen is going to have to deal with that because through all of aquaman's run she's kind of just wanted to go along with it for him but now this is her thing and what she wants to do with it so i'm just so excited (laughs) well i'm glad it went well for you how many how many tridents do you give it i give this nine out of ten tridents because wow. there's only like usually three tips on a trident. Well, you, oh. you got a you got a nine pronged trident. I got a nine pronged trident. You guys, I've got some bad news for everybody. What's up? My oh. phone is dead. Uh oh. Do you want another phone? So we're gonna have to do a different sort of alarm for our timer. Oh yeah, we've uh, <laughs> we've been using almost Orinoco Flow. We've got that little bell thing I think still in there. Yeah, but is it does it time after a minute? No, but I can count. <clears throat> Okay, cool. Well, I think I think T Rowdy's got that thing uh, timered up. Yeah. Um, so I guess we're gonna do a sort of abbreviated buckshot round here. Mm-hmm. First buckshot. Uh, it was sort of weird week of comics. Um, I think that we're gonna do one minute buckshot baby round. Oh, I like it. And baby buckshot. Uh, and gosh, I think that we're probably gonna start with Admiral T Rowdy here. Um, T. Roddy, you have 60 seconds on the clock. Go. Okay. Uh, first one is 
Saga 49. I've only read up to volume 5 of Saga, but I got so excited when I heard about this character called Goose. And there's a great panel of Goose wearing some long johns with his butt hanging out. And it is super cute. Mm. Uh, Action Comics 998 Blood Family with Jurgens and Conrad and Noons. This is Superman and Booster Gold in the feature fighting the Zod family. And this was a good ending to the Zod fight and them getting back in time and Booster Gold doing something that he's not supposed to do, which is break the rules and change time to save Superman's family. Because they had a heart-to-heart bond in the last issue, and it was really, really nice. Uh-huh. My last issue that I want to talk about was Doctor Strange by Donny Cates, uh, the Damnation arc. I really like Donny Cates writing in this, and Doctor Strange is hilarious. I also love how Ghost Dog here calls him out for dyeing his hair back to black. <laughs> Because he is getting old. The mystery has been revealed. The art in this was super good. I love that this, like, tying up stuff from the Secret Empire thing. Uh, Mephisto is crazy, and Las Vegas is lit right now. Um, your alarm is silent, so it oh. is going off right now. <laughs> Can cool. you simulate that for us, Jeff? <laughs> okay, how do I turn it off? Oh, <laughs> you sound like everyone in my life. No. <laughs> Who's next? Oh, gosh, I guess I'll go next, but I gotta be honest. Okay, Trevor, you wanna put me on? Yeah, you are on in three, two, one. One, give it away. I just want to make sure that it makes an, a big sound at the end. Um, since my phone is dead, I'm a little bit disappointed to tell you guys all that I wanted to talk about The Beef by Star Kings and Shaky Kane. And one of the big things I wanted to do was to call Ashton and have him pronounce the title because Ashton says the word beef better than anybody. <laughs> um, this book was not as good as Ashton saying the title, but it was pretty awesome. Basically, a uh, story is some, a good guy around some shitty guys, and he gets superpowers through this beef stuff. Shaky Kane writes really weird alt indie comics, and this is what that is. And it uh, it was fine. I read it because Ashton was excited about it, and I really like Ashton. Uh, the Invincible Iron Man by Bendis and Caselli. This issue, gosh, Jeff, you're a negative guy. The Doctor Doom stuff was really good in this. Mm-hmm. I feel like this final march to the end of Bendis' Invincible Iron Man run could be... It could have been like five issues, and instead it's like ten, but it really feels like he's spinning in his wheels uh, until the big 600 issue. Um, that's the sound. That's my it big sound. sound. sounded pretty familiar to the one you were doing. It's pretty pleasant. Yeah, but yeah that's almost the same sound. Yeah. The close. beef, I, I give a five, just because I feel like it was kind of forgettable, but I do I did like the art. Uh, Invincible Iron Man, I would give a five and a half. I, I, well, no, I would give a six. I really like the Maleev Doctor Doom stuff, mm-hmm. but I am... I just want to skip all the Ironheart reread corporate stuff. It's just like it takes forever, and it doesn't feel like it's giving payoff. I yeah, I've, I've been I haven't read this issue yet, but I keep feeling like it'll get really boring, and then I'll read an issue and be like, okay, I'm back on board, and then it's like, okay, we're still taking our time again, and it's like we're going to like at least issue six hundred, so like we still have a lot of time left, and it's just like. It feels very intentionally dragged out. Yeah, and Bender, Bendis is good at decompressing things, but this is a new level of decompression. Yeah. The drag out is just to get to 600 so they get that fresh start thing going. I guess so. Yeah, I that fresh know. start of fresh Bendis not being... Well, you know, and it's, it's the big issue, and I think some big stuff happens in it, but who knows. Mm. What do we think is going to happen? I feel like Tony Stark is going to like somehow be young again. He's back? He's going to be back. <laughs> like he's, I, And I feel like they're going to somehow like de-age him or, like, I don't know. Well, they certainly could because 
wasn't his body destroyed so they could just grow a new clone body or whatever and make it younger. And, and I feel like that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I yeah, feel like that's what we're headed. He was like, had no hair or something. He was like, yeah. talking. I was like, yeah, I lost my good beard or whatever. And I feel like yeah. we've sure gotten to this bad. weird point with Iron Man where um, he's a little bit too advanced. His tech is too advanced, so he's almost just like we haven't evolved technology enough for a way to make that suit interesting. So like when Bendis started Iron Man, he was like, I introduced these two new things, and they were like, not cool. I don't know. It's just, I feel like taking him back to just maybe yeah. a guy in an armor suit. Do you think is... that's what they're going to do? Like the good old boys, like good old Ford pickup truck kind of thing? Like he's oh. going to go back to his older, like classic model I armors? Just, I think he's going to be younger and maybe not know as much or not be as smart or something, so he won't be able to have those advances. Or maybe, maybe he will be. I, I don't know. I think that they're going to somehow take him backwards in a way. I'll probably make him the Sorcerer Supreme or something stupid like oh. that. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. that thing. that's a thing. That is the thing. Probably that's go thing. play magic with well, his armor in that Avengers 1 teaser looks like kind of a little more classic than his like new stuff. So I'm like I almost feel like it's going yeah. backwards a little bit. Well, on this yeah. cover, that's his armor from the late '60s, early '70s. Yeah, yeah, well, and like for some reason he showed up a couple issues ago in just an old suit of armor. So yeah. he's been floating around. Bauhaus, two minutes on the clock. Sorry, one minute on the clock. Uh, T. Roddy's man in the controls. You're a guy. Go. I read Abbott number two because I read Abbott number one and it was very good. And you know what? This one was also very good. <laughs> it's a Solid Knockman and Sami Cavella. It's uh, more about Abbott investigating this weird occult, eldritchy stuff. It's not a whole lot more than like the last one in terms of like uh, plot progression, but it introduces some really cool new characters like um, I think like a sister of a friend of hers who is very cool and very sexy and like into her and like gives her a gun. But when she offers it to her, she like points it at her first and it's very dramatic. It's like, Oh, you're going to shoot me. It's like, no, I'm just going to give you a gun. It was, it was cool. Um, so she's, she's investigating and she's getting more pressure from the, from the brass who don't like her reporting and don't like a, a black woman of like doing all this cool news journalism stuff. And it's great. There's a centaur man who's very gross. God, look at his little centaur ugly face coming out of his tummy. Yeah, it's it wouldn't be so bad. Like, you know, centaurs, like, those are cool. But this it's one's got, like, a face. A guy. Yeah, he's got an upset tummy for sure. Uh, it's, it's, it's an upsetting tummy. For sure. <laughs> um, I give it uh, 8.5. Abbott's, Abbott's very cool. Is her name Abbott? Her last name's Abbott. Okay. Um, I think it's, like, Elena or something. I can't she doesn't... She doesn't break smoking rules, does she? Uh, she absolutely does. That seems fucked up to me. And so far, like, both these covers have had them smoking on the cover, and I, uh, I like it. Hey, Br er, Roman, if you had 60 seconds to do with whatever you want, uh, what would you do with them? Answer them right now. Uh, see, I'm panicking because I have no idea what to do for my buckshot. It's going um, now. Okay, well, let's do uh, Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man number... Oh, 300. Giant there on the cover. Um, beautiful cover. It wraps up this... Latest part of this storyline, really, with Spider-Man and the mad think the mad tinker and his supposed brother, which is actually a suit of armor that the tinker made that he climbs inside and pretends he's his fictional brother um, to get away with all sorts of shenanigans. Uh, there's a bunch of action in this, bunch of fighting, Falcons in it, other characters. I kind of Iron Hearts in it. That none of that. I didn't care about any of that. Um, the big upshot of the issues. Is I'm trying to find it. 
Spider-Man Spider confronts the Tinkerer, Jano Jameson, and Human Torch are hanging out. They have some good moments. At the very end, Doom shows up. Doom is going to help Spider-Man because Spider-Man needs a time machine um, to do something that I actually forgot what they were going to do. But they're going to well, do that next issue. They don't say what they're going to do, but they're going to go back in time. They're going to go back in time, yeah, for, for, for important reasons. Uh, Chip Zdarsky writing a lot of Doom lately. Yeah, why he are is. we giving him Doctor Doom? Oh yeah, you well, like the, you don't like write. this funny guy? Somebody's got to write. Talking about your, uh, your. I don't like this funny guy talking about like writing my most brilliant, narcissistic, self-righteous, super complex character. Like I'm into it. You should see the uh, uh, how Ryan North writes Doctor Doom and Squirrel Girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I, mean, I guess I do like Doctor Doom being written that way outside of like. The main, established, the yeah, yeah. Like I, I do think it's hilarious to have him sort of played with how you know how on high he seems like he's coming from. But mm -hmm. I also like that to be. I like there to be a parody Doctor Doom and Doctor Doom. I thought this this Doom and this was he was fine. Um, I thought he didn't Doom have as much Iron like Man was good. But... I'm really liking that they're still kind of oh, leading yeah. that like good good access for him. Yeah, the, for him. the Bendis Doom is very good and yeah, seems very connected so to good. the Hickman awesome. Doom. Uh, Jim Chung Doom, I love. But yeah, yeah, the pictures. Mm -hmm. did, yeah. Did you already do a Doom vote of which Doom armor you liked more, the current or the original? Definitely the original, original. and it just yep. occurred to me that we could Me call too. this new one Zadoomski. Zadoomski. Wait. <laughs> I, I, I like mean, the Iron Man Doom. I like Iron Doom a lot. It looks I like, cool. It's very I cool. really like those glowing green eyes, but uh, that original mask is kind of hard to beat, I think. I do like the glowing green eyes. Because it's made of metal. Yeah. Oh, I'd give that Spider-Man 300 a 6. Oh, I didn't now know. I remembered what I was going to do for Buckshot, because we sold out of it, and so I forgot about it. Avengers, whichever oh, number. No that surrender. was the best issue of No Surrender so far. Was it good? You could you could talk to me for a yeah. second. It was good. It had some good science <laughs> stuff, Mark Wade, some good scientific stuff. It had some good Hawkeye moments, Red Wolf moments. The ending was awesome, because, big spoiler, this is why people are jumping on why we sold out. The Hulk comes back at the end. Bruce I mean, Banner. It's, it's why we sold out of the last issue, and it's why we're going to sell out of the next issue, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, but they At the end of every issue, there's a little bit more Hulk, some fingers. This issue, he's full out of the rubble, raw. See, so when you make a big deal out of it, you say, oh, Wolverine's going to be at the end of every issue on these Spurton ones. It's They don't sell, but if you yeah. just kind of tuck it in there in the back yeah. nonchalantly, they go crazy for so it. So then what happened with the whole like original Avenger that had been made up, and then she, they still she, she's still yeah. there? And yeah, they, they explained her powers, but they haven't explained yeah. what the real deal is yet with that. Huh. Yeah, and I'm still betting it's she was created by... Grandmaster or Kang to slip in here and alter the game. Mm. Retcon. Yeah. Yeah. Retcon, yeah. Retcon from JLA and Doom Patrol's over there in Marvel too. Secret I didn't Empire. put my I didn't give any ratings for my book. Oh, can I can I give oh, some numbers do. real fast? Give us those numbers. Uh Action Comics nine ninety eight, I'm gonna give a eight. Doctor Strange three eighty six damnation, I'm gonna give an eight. And for that one goose panel alone, I'm gonna throw a ten in. <laughs> Woo! I mean it was wow. a very Saga. Sweet, but, yeah. Saga is a Saga very ten series, it I is, think. Yeah. That people weren't kidding when they said I was gonna like Goose. Mm. <laughs> I really like that Goose. That I don't, Goose caboose. I can't. I can't imagine anyone who doesn't like Goose. I did like that Doctor Strange a lot, just because Mephisto. It's always great a good Mephisto. Yeah. Mephisto. He plays gaming. So speaking of good Mephisto moments, oh, let's yeah. get into Thanos sixteen. Donnie Cates. I love you and I hate you. Um, <laughs> I hate the fuss that is going on with this. I just love it right now. I hate that like every week eight more people show up and. 
nobody's subscribing to it, and we always sell out, and people always buy all of the copies of it off the stand, and come on, pre-order your books. I please these orders. It's very hard to do. Yeah, and isn't Donnie Cates failing. taking over, is it the new Ghost Rider book? He's, He's writing the new Cosmic Ghost Rider book. He's yeah. writing... They're doing a Cosmic Ghost Rider? Oh, yeah. yeah. He got an ongoing series. He's doing a new Venom book. He's got new books from Aftershock coming out. He's got new books... Uh, he's he's like the it creator right now. Donny Cates well, yeah, he's has a lot too. Yeah. on his plate. And Redneck. And Redneck. And he's doing Redneck for sure. Um, this, however, I I can I can be upset at the fanfare going on. I cannot be upset by the fact that this is a stellar book. Yeah. It's, it's an interstellar book. It's frustrating because the first one, the first book of the series wasn't that interesting. I mean, it was fine, but it didn't... Gravity didn't have any... I liked it. It definitely set up the fact that it got young Thanos to old Thanos. Yeah. But ultimately, okay. that's the series could have started with the Thanos is coming together, but it, it was an issue of exposition, I guess. Yeah, it's it didn't... Like, I, w- I wouldn't have subscribed based on that first issue, but then, like, two or three issues in, it's like, oh, gosh, this is amazing. We've got Galactus running around with a giant gun and a, a clip around his shoulder. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I so, love Galactus and I love Silver Surfer and they're being horribly destroyed in amazing ways. Did everybody and read changed. this? I it was off the shelf. I couldn't read it. Did you read it, Roman? Yeah. So at the end of it, like crazy dark Silver Surfer shows up and it has a Thor hammer on his board too. Is it's, that it's like the craziest yeah. like <laughs> everything has been ratcheted up and up and then the final page of this is you're like fuck Silver Surfer is now Thor and you're like that's a fucking cool <laughs> idea. Is that like, also like the god, like the god killer weapon that's like on him too? Because that was that's been throughout the Marvel universe since like the God Butcher storyline. Oh, like the dark that dark thing because it's it got yeah. latched onto Galactus. It's been on Thor. It's been on Odin. Yeah, you're like, right. I wonder because oh. if they if they haven't explained why be. he's in why he's all black all of a sudden, that, like, would, that could be you're it right. Too. That then totally that's, could be that's it. just a whole other level then added on yeah. to him. Yeah. You're right. And the fact he, in the last few pages he builds up to it. With surfers showing up, I've spent this time becoming worthy of being able to wield Mjolnir. You don't yeah. quite see Mjolnir, but you see something crashing through all yeah. this stuff on the planet, and eventually it's the hammer. So this was the origin and history of Cosmic Ghost Rider, who was originally Punisher, who is fighting Thanos, and everybody dies, and as he's about to die, he's like, man, I would do anything to be able to take this guy down, and then it just cuts to this beautiful full-page spread of the back of Frank, and it's Mephisto on his throne, he's like, anything? And (laughs) in that moment, uh, Frank becomes Ghost Rider, and it says, like, the whole issue is sort of like he's sold his soul to the devil like three or four times, and it illustrates each moment that he sold his soul to the devil. Yeah, it has a big... Big uh, lettered like spread. Every time he gets a new title, it's like Frank Castle, Ghost Rider, then like Ghost Rider, Herald Carol, of Galactus, and, then... and, and it. But each time, like he, hundreds of years go by, while he was just Ghost Rider alone on this planet, and then you know, with no one to like punish or and anything. And then Galactus shows up, and he becomes the Herald, and then hundreds of years go by of those dudes just wrecking shit in space, mm-hmm. and then Thanos shows up and kills Galactus, and he becomes you know. Thanos' pet or whatever, but both of those two things lend this giant open period of storytelling that could exist. Like, I would love to read a book with this same writer and artist telling the stories of Galactus and this fucking buckwild Punisher Deadpool going through space doing shit. Like, 
Go. I just love Galactus. He's one of my oh, favorite God. characters yeah. in all of comic books, hands down. He's the best. Yeah, and you could have a series of just Punisher alone on the Earth, you know, Losing going mad over hundreds of years yeah. Yeah, as no, the I Ghost would, Rider. I would watch him just right around Earth, like doing nothing, trying to find something to do. Like even. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> uh, so this, I, I would say, you know, one of the great things about this is it. it it's not telling you everything now. Like, it's giving you a huge amount of space to tell future stories and allow for retcons like this. And Donnie Cates is just having fun, man. He's he's doing the damn thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think this this series is really awesome and worth checking out. And if you haven't been able to check it out because it's been selling out, definitely hit us up because they've been doing second and third printings for most of these issues. Yeah, so we can, like, <clears throat> we're pretty close to a paperback coming out, mm-hmm. and we can also get you second and third printings of any of the early issues. So if you're interested in this book, um, we have them. We also have first prints that are, like, selling for $20, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm so. probably going to bring back one of my first printings because I think one of the second printings has a better cover. But yeah. Right yeah. There. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was bummed this one was that I didn't get off the shelf, you know, especially after reading Infinity Gauntlet for our other podcast. Mm-hmm. Infinity content. Mm. I really yes. got interested in the Thanos character, so I definitely want to be picking up some of the trades of this. How do you feel about Galactus? I think Galactus is cool. I especially liked him in Ultimates too. Mm. I, I think he's mm. just his design is super cool. Just a just a really great hat. God, the best hat. I, I was wondering, reading this, I was like, hmm, when did Galactus go back to being instead of the life bringer, back to typical Galactus? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a lot of threads that are that are being you know brought around. I can't wait to see them all tied back together. I like sources. Oh, so mm-hmm. I give this one a nine. It, I, I loved every page of it, and it still ended on a note of just like, go. I yeah, I, I I think I give it a ten. I don't know if it's objectively a ten, but like. When I finished reading it, I was just blown away, and that's I love feeling that after finishing a comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I will also give it a ten, because yeah, same like you said, Jeff. I mean, every every page you're like, oh my gosh, oh my god, and then it, there's still this huge reveal at the end that's like, oh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah, and I have a hard time actually linking this shot of Thanos tearing Iron Man in half is so gross and brutal. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time <laughs> linking uh, this cosmic ghostwriter character with actually Frank Castle. Like it doesn't feel yeah, like doesn't. they could actually be the same person. Yeah, yeah. Frank it, doesn't make jokes. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like a very separate kind of universe. Yeah, but but after uh, you know, I don't, know, I don't care if it is five hundred years of be- becoming cosmic and insane. <laughs> you watch Castaway. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, that was only what five years. Yeah. Oh. Thirty um, years. I'd do anything, anything, to get that Thanos. Oh yeah, <laughs> anything. Trevor, you are doing another podcast. It's a sister podcast for us. You wanna you wanna tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, and it's not just me on this because I, as much as I would love to talk on my own for hours on end, it's it's a collaborative effort here with Roman. And another member of the comic store who comes in and, you know, buys everything all the time. We basically. have to order so much because he just comes in and wipes us out. <laughs> Come he on, Colton, doesn't, register your book. Doesn't even give us the courtesy of calling and leaving no. a message. Uh, <laughs> Colton Dion. So it's infinity content. And basically we're just kind of picking stories that we, we find really interesting. We're kind of just... Talking, we go through and we read that. So it's specifically on that event. So we did Infinity Gauntlet for our second podcast, and we did Flashpoint for our first. And we kind of just want to break it down. And we're 
for this podcast, we're able to talk about the issues or in passing, we're like, what'd you think of this story? Or what'd you think about like this issue? We say, yeah, it was good. And then we grunt and then go, go about our day. <laughs> but we're actually sitting down and really like breaking down everything that we read and what our thoughts were for it. Um, you know, not always on, not always on the rails, but it's, it's a lot of fun. And I think it's great because we all have different perspectives that we can all lend um, from different jumping on points of comics that bring out interesting views that I take in. And I don't know about you, but I know Colton also finds some cool perspectives that you give Roman and it's just a lot of fun. I, I enjoy sitting down with all of you yeah, and yeah, it's across the board. Anybody else that want anybody else in this uh, room that wants I'm gonna, to join I'm going to be on it in the next episode or two. I'm yeah. Gonna... Yeah. Do you want to give a spoiler? Or yeah. We, we need to announce it because we didn't do a good job of telling what's going on. Cause we want people, if they're interested to, you know, if they want to read it before the podcast comes out and then kind of listen and then either nod their head in agreement on a, on a bus ride somewhere. Like I, I like that opinion or <laughs> shake their fist. Like I can't believe they had that opinion. We're doing Dark Knight Returns for our next our next oh, reading. Oh gosh! Yep. Yeah. So just the first one, not uh, Dark Knight Strikes Back or any of the other stuff. Just the first one. <laughs> first one. Okay, okay. That'd be a, that'd be a long one. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're calling it Retirement Doesn't Suit You, Jack. Ooh. <laughs> oh, and Roman, do you have any anything that you need to advertise? Any comings and goings that you want to make sure people know about? Um, um, I worked my first shift at Moonbase today. That was a blast. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Braden. Uh, I, I worked do, with Braid. I, I do Pokemon things at Moonbase. <laughs> Come by Pokemon. He does very cool. <laughs> he, do, he does very cool Pokemon things at. Brain's at the Pokey guy. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I heard I'll, a lot of lot of good talk. I'll poke you. I'll I'll sell you some moms. <laughs> the last oh, Thursday and Friday, I was down with Django at Emerald City Comic Con, just stinking it up with him. Left at five o'clock in the morning. The week before that, I was with Django in Portland, just. Stinking it up at five o'clock in the morning again. Where are you guys going next weekend? Oh, dude, next weekend I'm actually gonna have days off. What? Um, I'm Jang- gonna. I'm gonna tell Django to come to your house, hang out with you. Yeah, he has five to work. In the morning. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm doing it. I'm I'm actually taking days off this week, and well, which means that we should actually get a podcast recorded on the right day. Um, I would say <clears throat> pretty quickly here, Django and I are gonna be doing uh, an issue by issue podcast of The Watchmen mm. um, ooh, ooh. analysis. Issue by oh. issue, so probably a twenty-minute podcast for each one of those. As oh soon as life stops for long enough for he and I to actually <laughs> be able to do anything, but I don't know if that'll actually ever happen. Watchmen, more like listen, men. Yeah, that's what we'll call the mini <laughs> listen, podcast. listen, boys. Um, I have one, one more thing. Yeah. Um, did you get a chance to read Oblivion Song? I have not yet. Because Django and I read it. Um, we got a, an advanced copy of the first trade, basically, and the first issue comes out. This week? This week. Well, it says this Wednesday. So you might be able to hear this podcast. Oh, you'll hear it by then. Before this book comes out. And it's uh, it was really good. And I think it'll it'll scratch your Kirkman in a, in a, in a good way. Not in an invincible void-filling way, but a cool way, for sure. That Kirkman ish is, a, is, a, is an ointment we're all looking for. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's bad. Okay. Well, you guys, I adore all of you. Uh, and, uh, and I love you all. And thanks for stopping by. Um, thanks to Nick for letting us use his theme song, Nick Wait. His SoundCloud account is soundcloud.com slash Stemmingway, S-T-E-M-I-N-G-W-A-Y. He hasn't put anything up there in a minute. Let's get him to do some guy? more. I'll get him to do... What's up there, yeah. though, is very good. What's up there is is very good. I am so familiar with these songs at this point that I, I love them. He, he keeps giving me more. Um, so I should put them on here. Uh, I'm Jeff, and I wish that I was actually more commonly referred to as Deli Boy. I'm uh, uh, Brayden, and I, I'm happy to 
refer to you as that as a deli deli boy? bird boy deli, deli boy. boy deli bird following up on those deli bird threads deli bird deli bird deli I miss Justin. No, oh, I can't do the voice like him. <laughs> I, I'm Roman, and I miss Justin too. And I can't think of a name because all I can think of is like, I really want that sandwich you were talking about—the chicken McNuggets. Nuggy buddy. No, Nuggy buddy. Yeah, I want a Nuggy. Buddy. We can make that I happen. Can't say it, Nuggy buddy. There. Nuggy buddy. I'm Trevor, and yeah, I want that Nuggy buddy too. We could all be Nuggy buddies. Maybe we'll have them next week on the podcast. I mean, Ooh. we can open up a new fast food chain and just kind of dump this whole comic shop thing. Welcome to Comics Pl- Nuggy Buddies. Maybe How we, many? We should do our next live. Like out in the world podcast from Fat Jack. I'm not doing uh. anything out there in the world. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, we're not good outside of, of here. We're good, good inside of here. Um, oh, yeah. Man, I like the idea of doing podcasts out in the world. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I like the idea of bringing sandwiches here. Get some man of the street yeah. reactions. Yeah, you're, like, you're waving at shows. I'm live on Railroad. Let me like, walk up to What do you think of Saga 49? What is this? I don't know.